Welcome to the underground, my little underground with Peter A. All right, it's my little underground. I'm Peter A. So glad to welcome back Betty Taylor, who performs as Velvet Vision, back on my little underground for the first time in about a year and change. Her debut full-length LP is out right now. It's called Together, and it's quite frankly, one of my favorite albums of 2023 so far. I got to dissect some of the lyrics from this album with Miss Betty Taylor. We also talked about Guilty Pleasures, and Betty selflessly plugs local Santa Fe artists when I gave her the chance to promote her new album, which is why she came on the show. But that just tells you everything you need to know about Miss Betty Taylor, Velvet Vision, Returning to My Little Underground. My Little Underground. Betty Taylor, Velvet Vision, welcome back to My Little Underground. I'm so glad to have you back. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, it's a a cause for celebration. Yeah. Your first LP is out into the world. How do you feel about that? Um, Really excited. Yeah, it comes out this Friday. I've put out three singles already, and I guess by the time this airs, It'll probably oh, be yeah. out. Okay. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, so never mind. It's already out. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel really excited about it. You know, the last time we talked, it was uh, about a year and change. Um, I asked you about pressure as an artist, like any kind of pressure you're feeling to put out an album. Um, now that your record is out and you recorded it and everything and you've been playing it live and all this stuff, do you still feel pressure as an artist either to immediately follow up with LP2 or to hop on a long extensive tour? It's funny that you bring that up because I I thought about that so much after we talked about it and I actually listened to it somewhat recently. Um I don't really feel so much pressure right now. Um, I think I'm trying to think of like how to articulate the pressure I was feeling before. I think I just want, like, I care so much about this stuff that I'm doing and like putting out this art that I want to give it like the best chance possible. So like, regardless of if people listen to it or not, um, I would still make it and want it to be the best that it can be. But I think at the time I was thinking about like algorithms and like, just, I don't know. I, I don't know if I read somewhere or if it was like something that I heard where like Spotify algorithms really like, if you put out like a bunch of singles really quickly. Um, and now I'm just kind of like, whatever I'm over it. And I'm, excited to just be like making things and putting this out. And, um, after this comes out, I really, I'm going to be taking like a little break from playing shows through like the fall and winter. And I'm still going to be making a lot of stuff, but it's going to be just whatever I want to do. And more like getting back to playing and experimenting. Cause I feel like that's how I make the best work. You're not the only artist that said that because I had Dominic Sen on recently and she said the same thing. She said, I'm not 
I'm going to take the summer off and just kind of just exist as a person and kind of figure out what I want to do next. And I think it's great that um, a lot of artists I'm talking to are kind of taking their own creative trajectory in their own way. They're not, you know, giving into any sort of pressure surrounding them via, you know, social media algorithm or anything else. So yeah. I think I, it's so great that uh, to hear you say that to take a break. Cause I know that's like to just get burned out, you know, just not want to do anything, not any, not do nothing, but just kind of just let your brain take it easy for a while, you know? Yeah, totally. And when I was first like doing this project, you know, I had no like Instagram or any sort of timeline or yeah, there was just like nothing set up. And so I was just like playing around with my music gear and it was, I was like running into songs through just like, playing around with my synthesizer and my sampler and actually even around this time last year maybe a little earlier like in May I remember telling people like I'm gonna take a year-long break I'm gonna like work on this album and then I ended up playing like more shows than I had ever and a lot of the shows um were like yeah we're looking for like I mean the <laughs> the longest ones were like we're looking for like a two-hour set even one place asked me for like a 45 minute set and I like didn't even have that. And so a lot of the writing that I was doing, like I probably would have written these songs anyway, but I was like, shit, I have to like pump out some songs really fast so I can fill this set. <laughs> Cause I kind of lied a little bit, but I was like, yeah, totally. I can fill that time. Um, so yeah, I was creating a lot of stuff because I was like, Oh my God, now I have to like fill this time and I was also noticing that people who were coming to my shows really were into the dancey music. So I was like, you know, people are into the upbeat dance music. So I'll try and write some more like dancey tracks because then, you know, people like that at shows, it seems like. Um, and that's how I ended up with a few of the songs on this album. Uh, Party at Sal's, I think, was the first one that was like, oh, shit, I need a longer set. <laughs> And also like dancey. Um, so yeah, that's, I don't even remember what you asked me. I'm sorry. I just like rifled. <laughs> well, you know what? Like as far as like set times are concerned, now with this album that's out together, plus Silver City and your, your first EP, how long is your set now? Um, well, I was... I feel like I went through like live show boot camp over this last year, especially because I was playing a monthly set at um, a bar in town and they originally wanted me to play for two hours. And I was at first like, I can't do a full two hours, but I could do like an hour and then like take a break and then do a little more. And now, so yeah, I've got the songs for my EP. I've got those three singles. I've got the 10 songs from this album. And then I also played a cover show for Halloween this past year um, where I performed as Madonna. So I have a bunch of Madonna covers that I can like whip out into a live set. So I would say right now my live set, I can go for two hours if I need to, it's not my favorite thing to do because it's like a lot of singing and it's just kind of exhausting to play for two full hours. 
Like, why would one person, especially like me just starting out, like I would see like some legendary musician play for two hours, but I don't even want to see me play for two hours. Because <laughs> I see you in, you know, some clips that you post online at some of your shows and you're dancing around, you're doing a lot. It's it's like Tybo, some sort of cardio workout at, at a Velvet Vision show, it seems. Yeah, I dance a lot. I get pretty tired. Um, so yeah, especially I have to like kind of pace out the dancey ones uh, because if I play too many in a row where I'm like dancing and I'm trying to sing, then I get out of breath really easily. I'm also trying to quit smoking kind of right now, um, which will maybe help me with that. <laughs> that kind of leads me to my next point. With all these sets that you're playing, how do you take care of your voice? Uh, great question. Um, I should probably be doing something. Um, but I don't really do anything. Um, yeah, I, I, I was almost going to try and bullshit like, oh, I drink tea. I drink tea sometimes, but it's not really to take care of my voice. Um, yeah, I don't really have any regimen right now. I should though. Do you drink? You drink water regularly. Drink any? Do you drink tea regularly, like chamomile or et cetera or whatever? Yeah, I drink tea from time to time. I I drink water, um, but usually, um, I drink a lot of coffee in the morning. Um, I guess like if I know I'm going to be singing a lot, like I know the things that I shouldn't be doing, and sometimes I don't do them like smoking cigarettes and drinking like or having too much dairy or whatever like stuff that's gonna make me like flummy um but also I'm human and I like cheese a lot and I sometimes like to have a cigarette so <laughs> um yeah I don't know just being human out here and if my voice isn't perfect then I don't know at least it's human I, I love your singing voice. That's why I asked. I'm like, what is she doing for her voice? Because it sounds great. Oh, thanks. Yeah. It's interesting, too, because people have told me, like, <clears throat> people who have heard the recorded songs and have previously only seen me live, they're like, wow, the recorded stuff is, like, so much softer and, like, more melodic. And a lot of that, I'm actually sitting at this desk that I'm sitting at right now, um recording those and you know I'm not like moving around and I'm also not nervous like I get really out of breath when I'm nervous which is like at every show um so yeah when I perform live I feel like I almost sing in like a lower register it's it's just like not as soft as the recorded tracks um but the recordings were I guess sort of the primary like product of this project and the live stuff sort of came after the fact so I feel like the recorded stuff feels like more true to how I want those songs to sound than what I'm doing live um yeah I mean it, they're still both me but yeah well you said you, you said it yourself you're human so yeah. you recorded your recorded stuff versus when you're playing live it's going to sound different but that's good yeah, totally. Yeah, it, it, I think that it's crazy to, you know, to, to expect. Oh, I don't like when I go to a show. 
I don't want to hear the record because I can hear that at home. I can take it with me, you know, put it in my ears. So if I'm going to see a live show, I want to see the mess ups. I want to see your voice crack a little bit. You know, I want to see the human element. You know, I want to see you just ha- like how you handle, you know, technical difficulties. Like, what do you do? You know, that, that's what I want to see. I want to see the human. You know, yeah. when I see Betty Taylor live, I want to see Betty Taylor, the person. Because yeah. she's going to make mistakes, but it's okay. It's fine because you're human. Yeah, totally. I, I feel that way too. Um, and I used to feel a lot more uptight about it, but I, I've let loose more. Right. So I want to talk a little bit about like your single choices for Together, um, for Comfortable as the, the first single. Mm-hmm. Did you release this thinking, this is going to be my lead single and the subsequent songs like good and I think of you often, that's going to be my second, third teaser to this album. Or did you think, you know what? Comfortable is the first song I thought of. I would put this out first. Um, not really. So comfortable. Let's see. Yeah. I, I mean, once the album was done, like I didn't think about the singles until the full album was done and comfortable. I actually had had done for so long. Like I've been performing it for over a year live. Um, I actually think I finished it maybe before even we first talked. Really? Yeah. And it just wasn't out. Like I knew that I was going to release those other two singles that I'd put out. Um, and I knew that I wanted comfortable to be a part of a larger project. Um, but yeah, once I finished all of the songs, I was asking friends who had heard all of them, like, what do you guys think should be the singles? And I feel like comfortable was one that people unanimously were like, yeah, that one should be a single. Um, so that's why I put that one out first. And I was like, you know, it's kind of upbeat and like, I want to kick things off. Like, yeah, it was sort of a upbeat, happy vibe. Um, and like just going into summer, I was like, this will be fun. So that's why I picked that one. And then the other two good other people also were like, yeah, this one could be a single, but I felt really strongly about that one. It's maybe one of my favorites on the album along with, I think of you often, um, and then, yeah, I think of you often was interesting because I finished it after all of the rest of the album had already been sent to be mixed. It was like a super last minute add on almost. Um, like I knew I had a goal of like 10 tracks, which is funny. Cause I don't know. It should just be like however many songs I have, but that's perfect. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I like love 10 track albums. Um, I was thinking a lot about Grace Ives album too. Um, Great album. Yeah, it's amazing. And I think it's 10 tracks. Yeah, it's like and, under a uh, half hour, like 29, 28 minutes. Yeah, and I remember when that first came out, I was like, this is like a perfect length album. Like, I want this. Like, it just feels good. Um, so, yeah, I think if you often kind of came in last minute and I wrote it really fast and I just felt strongly about it right away. Um but I'm, I sort of wonder a little bit if it's maybe just because I didn't have as much time to sit on that one. Cause I feel like a lot of times right away when I finish a song, I'll be like super excited about it. And then once I have time to like think about it in the context of the rest of the songs and like, you know, the newness sort of wears off, then I can see it with like different eyes and I'm like, okay, 
objectively like do I is or I guess it's still subjective like do I like this as much as all of the other ones like should it be a single um but right now I'm still pretty stoked on that song <laughs> yeah I'm stuck on it too I, I really love it um Thanks. it's it's in my head currently right now which is oh. a, a good thing so the, I love this album I've told you a million times mm-hmm. um but one of the reasons why I love this album so much and why I keep returning to it is that some of the lyrics on your album really stand out. I don't know what it is. I think the past six months through a year, I've been obsessed with lyrics. Like I've been Whoa. hearing certain songs and I'm thinking, wow, that's, this song has great lyrics or the song has really bad lyrics or this song has, you know, it doesn't really have a meaning, but I created a meaning from it. But you're, you're a lot of songs on here are just lyrically are great. Like Quit, for example. <laughs> I mean, the refrain is just, I mean, are you making a nine to fivers anthem or are you just making this is it more personal are you talking about your personal experiences from working a nine to five job oh definitely personal (laughs) um yeah that one I actually originally wrote it on guitar and I it was like a defeated day after work and I was just like the the acoustic version sounds like really kind of sad and like yeah definitely pretty defeated um but yeah now I don't know I I guess it it does feel sort of anthony and I am not a big fan of capitalism (laughs) um (laughs) say the least uh but yeah it's funny that one when I first started performing it, like people fucking love that song when I play it live. That one was almost a single. Um, and I actually didn't make it a single because I feel like kind of what I was saying, like the vocals on the recorded version, I just feel like I couldn't get them to like the same energy level as when I was performing it live. Um, Cause usually all of my songs, I'll record the vocals for like the recorded version before I ever play them live. Um, and I guess I don't know if you know this because you haven't seen me play live. Um, but for the most part, you know what? Not for the most part, entirely. All of the songs that I play live, I'll take them off of Ableton. I'll remove the lead vocals and in some cases like a lead synth line. And then I will put them on my sampler and then it's like a backing track that I'm singing to. Um, <clears throat> so... That one, I didn't have the vocals recorded in before I had performed it live for the first time. So I think even I got really attached to the sound of the live vocals because they're like, I, I get really like screamy and like feral when I do that song live. Um, and I just feel like I couldn't quite get the same energy level with the recorded version. So I was like, I still love the recorded version, but it's just like, it didn't feel like a single. So when I'm, when I'm listening to... Uh, some of these songs, like you're doing it, I don't hate you. Some of them come across as like self-reflecting and motivating. Like it's almost as if you're talking to yourself, but you're also talking to the listener. Is that fair to say? Yeah, totally. Um, Yeah, you're doing it was definitely like a self-reflective one. But then I was like, I don't know, maybe somebody else would want to hear stuff like this. Um, I know I do. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
yeah, I feel like I have a lot of just sort of like deep seated, uh, self-esteem issues. And sometimes I have to remind myself that like strength comes from within or whatever cheesy shit. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's where that one came from. And I don't hate you. I don't hate you is sort of like a, a reflection on like my own bitterness or like checking myself on that. Um, it's sort of not in like a serious way. So actually that song is sort of interesting. It's, it was spawned by um, an interview that I read from some artists who I'd never heard of. And um, in the interview, they were talking about how they like, like their daily routine or something. I don't even remember exactly the context, but it was something like daily routine, how they like get up every morning and they like just get right into their studio. And I remember feeling bitter when I read that. And I, I like took a screenshot and sent it to a friend and I was like, wow, it must be nice to be able to just like get up and like do your art and like not have to like go to work or like do the grind or whatever. And, um, I mean, of course, I feel like that bitterness is, like, not productive and, like, everybody has different circumstances. And I don't know this person who was being interviewed. Um, but, yeah, I just wrote that song as sort of, like, self-reflective, like, why am I feeling this way? And actually, originally, the chorus, in the chorus that I put out, it's I Don't Hate You, Miss Cool. Um, but originally, it had the person's name in it. <laughs> and then I was like, no, I don't want to put this out. It was, like... Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's sort of the, what's behind that one. Yeah. They're all self-reflective for sure. When I'm listening to you're doing it, you talk a little bit about guilty pleasures. Now, over the last decade or so, I've come to the realization that guilty pleasures don't really exist. Like, why do you feel guilty about things that you like? You know, like it's really challenging. I don't know if you can feel the same way, but when you when I talk to certain people about, let's say music, oh, what do you listen to? They kind of shy away. Like, ah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I'm like, just tell me what you like. I'm not gonna. I don't care what you like. I like what I just don't judge me of what I like. But I want to hear what you like. Tell me what you like. Yeah. Um. Wait, was that was that like? Are you actually asking me what I like, or are you? Was that? No, like, are you, like, are, like, guilty pleasure? Like, where do you stand on that? Do you, um, do you think, do you have things that are, that may be considered guilty pleasures, but you don't feel guilty about it at all? Oh, yeah. I actually have to remind myself still, like, don't feel guilty about the things you like. And one thing in particular that I've been really excited about lately that I actually caught myself calling a guilty pleasure. And then I was like, you know what? No, I like this <laughs> um <laughs> is the sex in the city reboot season two okay. just came out <laughs> um which i feel like would normally fall under the category of guilty pleasures because honestly the show is like so cheesy and like kind of cringy yes um, yeah but there's something i've about seen the entire series multiple times over so <laughs> yeah it's um, it's like one of those comfort shows for me. I actually haven't yeah. seen the original Sex and the City in quite a while, but I started watching the reboot of season one and 
I got really like back into it and I was like, oh, these characters and like, except for that Samantha wasn't on it the first season, but whatever. I hear she's making a comeback. Uh, but yeah, so that's one example that I would be like, this is a guilty pleasure. But also, I don't know, like one thing about that <clears throat> song that is like the most important takeaway for me is that like, um, I just feel like I can trust myself and like, I know that I'm like an interesting, cool person, even though I also like the Sex and the City reboot. <laughs> well, And I don't have to explain that to anyone. <laughs> you don't, you don't. But I haven't seen the Sex and the City reboot, but my problem with it is that this show has a reboot when it had a full series it had a beginning it had a proper ending two full length movies which oh, no. i saw and enjoyed and you get a reboot to boot yeah that's infuriating because girlfriend still hasn't had an ending half and half didn't get an ending my wife and kids didn't get an ending There's so many shows did not have an ending but this series gets two movies and a reboot Nah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, nah, that, that that angers me. That angers me. But if you enjoy Betty, enjoy it. Live your best life. <laughs> no, Live your best 30-year-old life. <laughs> but I'm, I have a problem with that. Even though I haven't seen the show. I can't really judge the show at all. But the idea of the show pisses me off. I understand that. And yeah, even the reboot, I'm like, what even is this? But it like, like last night I turned it on and I ordered take out and just like watch it in my living room and that's have beautiful. a lovely little time <laughs> that's beautiful i love that that's yeah. great i wish more people can do that just like take it easy or some take on and watch a cheesy show there's nothing wrong with that yeah um so i want to talk to you about the video for a party at sal's um oh yeah so was this an actual like a video shoot or was this just capturing footage from a velvet vision show um, it was actually intended on being a video shoot. Um, so that song was completely based on a real party that happened that my friend Sal threw. Um, I think it was. It was based on, or it was actual. It was filmed at a party. Uh, both. So the song was based on a party that had happened, sure. not the music video one. But um, Sal, it was like a friend's birthday party, and. Um, she had a disco ball and then at some point yeah she ordered a bigger one online i don't remember why or like what the story was behind that um but i went to this party and i remember her being like oh yeah like this disco ball was supposed to get delivered and i thought it was going to be here for this party because that would be really cool um but it didn't make it here in time even though it said it was supposed to be delivered today <clears throat> and then like probably like 9 30 or 10 um the mail truck pulled up and like delivered this disco ball like in the middle of the party and it was just like this funny party moment where like everybody like raised up this disco ball and um yeah it was just something that was very memorable so and sal is like one of the well yeah one of the first people i met in santa fe she was uh my first housemate when i moved here and um yeah, so that party happened, and then with the music video, I had a friend reach out, and she was like, hey, I'd love to do a music video for one of the songs on your album. I just got this new camera that I want to, like, test out, and 
I was like, yeah, that sounds super fun. Um, and I thought of that song because I was like, this could be really fun. We could just like throw a party and then film it. Like that's an easy music video and we could invite a bunch of people and also it would be a party and parties are fun. Um, so yeah, we ended up doing that and we had planned, we had planned the party and we had put out a flyer and I like messaged a bunch of friends and you know, the flyer said like, you know, come to this party, but like, if you come to the party, you're consenting to being like an unpaid extra in this music video. Um, you would, will potentially be in it. And, um, it was really fun. Like a lot of people came and Santa Fe is like a small enough town where most of the people who were there, I was either really good friends with, or there were people who I like sort of knew around town. And I really wanted to kind of be just a snapshot of my life here right now and like the people that I see often and it really I think felt like that Marissa Aurora is the one who did the filming editing directing um and she did such a good job and then the folks at the beginning of the music video are like three of my best friends in town two of them I play in another band with um and I was kind of like guys will you please be in my music video and they um, not only cooperated, but also agreed to like lip sync some of the lyrics, which was fun. <laughs> so yeah, that was it. Speaking of Santa Fe and your experiences there and, and all the artists that you're meeting and going out to all these shows. So while you're doing all of this, do you miss having a platform like the independent, the independent hour where you're kind of talking about and, and, and showcasing all these creative people that you're meeting within the Santa Fe region. Yeah. I mean, I do. I miss the independent hour for other reasons. Like I feel like it got me exploring independent music a lot more actively. Um, and I was like getting like brand, brand new music or like I was discovering it a lot faster and just felt more engaged with new music. But the platform thing, I actually feel like what I've been doing right now with like getting involved in the music community in Santa Fe is almost like more fulfilling because I'm meeting a bunch of people out at shows. Um, just like playing on different bills with people is really cool and like getting to see other people play. And then also like, planning shows together is really fun. And then like through a show or like through, I don't know, music that I see them put out on Instagram, then it's like, I'm discovering this new music. And there's so many people in town that I think are just like so talented. That's sort of, I don't know if you saw the flyer for like my album release show, but there's like it did so many people on it. And I'm actually adding two more that aren't on the flyer. Um, but everyone on that flyer, I'm like, FOMO. I... Yeah, it's going to be like a all-day thing. It's pretty ambitious. But um, everybody who's playing, I'm a really big fan of, like, genuinely. Like, not only are they my friends, but I'm, like, super stoked to see them play and to, like, have them at the show. So I feel like in that way, I still kind of have, like, I don't know, a way to, like, spread other people's music. I think that's that, that's so cool, like, you're doing all this stuff within Santa Fe and doing your own shows, going to other people's shows. 
And we talked earlier about set times. Now you're doing this all day thing. Like, are you going to have a two hour, hour and a half Velvet Vision set? No. Um, (laughs) That's a hard no. Um, I'm probably going to do, I don't know yet. So one thing actually, so I know I was talking about like the backing track thing. um, And I've been trying to find ways to make my set more dynamic. And so I've been playing with a drummer in town. um, And also I have a friend who I think is going to play keys. And I've been experimenting with having like live, um, a live bassist. Um, So right now, just because we've only had a few practices and there just hasn't been like a ton of time to like get the stuff down. um, I've been doing like half of my set with a live drummer and then half on my own. Like I'll do the first half on my own. And then like with the live drummer, it's a lot more energy. Um, but I would like to, let's see, what is the date? June 26th. Um, I'm trying to see if I can get a full set, like prepared where everybody's all ready by July 8th, but that feels really ambitious. So we might just do like four or five songs with the live drums. And then my other friend also playing synth. Um, and then maybe I'll do a few on my own. I don't know, probably like 45. Hour. Yeah. I wish I was there. Every time you post about a show, I have FOMO. <laughs> there, <laughs> All yeah, the time. it's fun. I want to, once I like take this little break, I mean, I guess I'm going to see how I feel like after the winter, but I really want to come play in New York like so bad. <laughs> Back at Purgatory? I would play at Purgatory again. I love that place. Um, or I also played at Rubelod. That was great. Oh, yeah. I still haven't been. Um, that place is wild, (laughs) uh, but very cool. And yeah, it's just a matter of figuring out how to get my stuff out there because I could drive, but it's such a long drive and it makes sense on a tour because then, you know, we were already out there. Yeah. Um, but that's fine. I have you with me. I have together with me. I'm going to have the tape soon. I have yeah. the, the album on my phone. I can, I'll can. i always have Velvet Vision with me. Totally. So it's fine. <laughs> um, so what is going on with the Little Tulips? Ooh. Um, what is going on with the Little Tulips? Um, we, so we recorded a record in like our DIY space um, like so long ago, just like, we just set up mics ourselves and we haven't really gone through it and had a chance to edit any of it yet. Um, as far as shows coming up, I don't know if we have any shows coming up right now. It's been a little tricky because um, everybody's traveling at different times and I've been doing a lot of stuff with Velvet Vision. Our drummer, Adam, also plays in a band called Roses for Paradise and so they've been playing shows all these and flower there, bands out there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> There's also one in town called Holy Garden District. And we were like, we should all like have a big flower show. Um, but yeah, then our bassist also has a solo project called Sirens. And she also plays in a band in town called Lammy. And then Taylor, who fronts the band, um, is also in a band called Glist. That's going to be playing the release show. Um 
so yeah, it's we've just been all over the place this summer and having a hard time, uh, you know, connecting. I think we have band practice scheduled for this Tuesday and I am maybe the most, well, I, I won't say I'm the most unreliable in the band, but um, I feel like I get the laziest when it comes to band practice. Like when one of them comes along, I'm like, you guys, what if we just like didn't? <laughs> um, I just was texting Taylor last night and I was like, I just saw that there's like a theater in town is screening a documentary about little Richard. I don't know anything about it, but I was like, that sounds very interesting. And I kind of want to go see that. And then I was like, I want to see that too. Have you heard anything about it? No. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I have no idea if it's a good documentary, but I love documentaries and little Richard is amazing. So, um, but yeah, anyways, I texted Taylor and I was like, do we have band practice on Tuesday? And she was like, I think, that we had talked about it and I was like okay well what if we saw this movie instead <laughs> um, but yeah we're definitely still going we're gonna get a record out soon and how soon I <laughs> I don't know I feel like I can't be the representative for the little tulips because um, I don't want to say anything that will get the rest of the band mad at me for promising something um, I don't know how soon hopefully very soon um, but I know we're all like motivated to keep things going with that band. And I have a lot of fun every time we do get together and play and like play a show as lazy as I can be sometimes about practicing. And it's so much different than Velvet Vision that it kind of expands your horizons, kind of makes you creatively fulfilled in two different lanes, right? Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would probably guess that in like a bigger city where there's like a wider variety of musicians that I would be billed with Velvet Vision with like, you know, more like pop and like electronic artists and like the little tulips would be more with like folk country acoustic stuff. Um, Which are also good at. Oh, thanks. (laughs) Um, But yeah, Santa Fe, just because there's, it's like a smaller pool. Um, I still am playing on a lot of the same kind of bills with Velvet Vision as I would be with the Little Tulips. Um, more because of, yeah, circumstance than sound. If that makes sense. Well, Betty, I love Together. I think it's phenomenal. It's one of my favorite albums of the year so far. I can't stop listening to it. And yes. it's a great first LP for this project. So... I want to thank you again for having another great conversation with me on My Little Underground. So here is your time to plug away anything you got going on. Whoa. Um, Anything I have going on. uh, I honestly, I have no idea what I would plug for myself, but I was going to like plug all my friends' music and like the people who are playing my album release show. Um, Tega, who is a musician in town, has a bunch of great music on Spotify and is super talented. And I actually just met them somewhat recently and they're just like so good. And I'm really excited that they're going to play. My friend Elliot, who performs under Teleporter, is actually not playing this show, but I just played his album release show. And he put out an album called um, Garden Philosophy like a couple weeks ago. And it's so good. Um, 
my friend Paris, who has the project Sirens, just put out um, a double album called Night Music, Nice Music. And it's also phenomenal. Um, Lammy in Santa Fe, they're doing great stuff. Um, they put out a single and they've been touring and doing stuff all around. Um, I mean, Taylor's new band is called Glist, but they don't have any music out, so it's hard to direct people to them. But I heard some early recordings and it's amazing. Uh, there was one more that I was going to plug. It's totally escaped me. I'm going to remember it after we get off this call. Um, you can plug your album too. Oh, yeah. My album together, June 30th, um, out on all streaming platforms. Oh, the last one was... Um, I have a friend who has a project called Steady Circuits, which is also sort of like synth-focused, um, sort of a pop album, and that comes out on July 7th. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of good music here. <laughs> I'm excited to know all these people. Um, but yeah, together, June 30th. All right, Betty Taylor, <laughs> Velvet Vision. Yeah. My Little Underground.